Bon Iver, a.k.a. Justin Vernon, an indie folk singer renowned for his emotionally piercing voice and expansive soundscapes. Chief Keef, a trap rapper whose songs ooze with machismo and brazenly embrace drug use over ominous beats. Justin Vernon and Chief Keef are two artists that represent widely different ends of the musical spectrum. Yet, on Kanye West's song Hold My Liquor, their energies fuse together and become a single entity. What possible reason could Kanye have to utilize both Vernon and Keefe in this atraditional, guitar-driven rap song? The answer to this question reveals something crucial about the album's main character, and sets up the entire second act of Yeezus. From Spotify, I'm Cole Kushna, and this is Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. Today we continue our serialized examination of Kanye West's Yeezus with the album's fifth track, Hold My Liquor. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Last time on Dissect, we examined New Slaves, a song that found our main character, Yeezus, trying with all his might to spark a meaningful societal change he called out the disturbing relationship between corporate interest and government that creates a system of new slaves in the 21st century. Jesus felt it was his God-given duty to lead everybody to a better tomorrow. However, his passion wasn't enough, and Jesus couldn't topple the corporations that use consumerism to enslave society. He failed to motivate the millions trapped in the buying cycle to join his army. His outrage amounts to nothing, leaving him broken. He then resorts to getting high in the song's extended outro. In the final moments of the track, we heard a man sing in Hungarian, 
which when translated into English, contains a pivotal plot point in the album's narrative. The lyrics here translate to, One day the sun, too tired to shine, slept in the deep, green, somber lake. And in the darkness, the world did ail, until she came for all our sake. Jesus is the sun that's grown too tired to shine, leaving nothing behind but the image of a mysterious woman who will save society by saving Jesus. This bit of foreshadowing transitions the album into its second act, where Jesus' micro-battle with society will turn inward, to a confrontation with his own internal demons. In each episode so far this season, we've framed the narrative of Jesus using the classic storytelling formula known as the hero's journey. New slaves fit with part four of the hero's journey, known as crossing the threshold, the moment where the ordinary world is left behind and the story truly begins. Part five is known as the road of trials. The expert of the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, described it this way, quote, once having traversed the threshold, the hero moves in a dream landscape of curiously fluid, ambiguous forms, where he must survive a succession of trials. In other words, everything gets harder before it gets better. New slaves saw Jesus cross the threshold and suffer his first major loss, a blow to his ego so enormous that it sent him reeling. What trials will he face now that he's left behind the false sense of power and comfort celebrity provides? Now that his guard is down, what will we learn about Jesus as he explores this new internal emotional territory? These questions lead us into the album's next track, the subject of our episode today, Hold My Liquor. I can hold my liquor. This man can't handle Hold My Liquor was produced by Kanye West, Mike Dean, Arca, and Noah Goldstein. Just as we move from Jesus' more ego-driven external presentation of self to his more vulnerable internal emotional state, the album's sound will now shift sonically too, as the overbearing dissonant and distorted sounds will be replaced with more subdued atmospheric textures. And aside from the extended samples on On Sight and The End of New Slaves, Hold My Liquor is also the first time we actually get real harmony, as every song up until this point has utilized sparse synth lines without chordal or harmonic accompaniment. Here's Hold My Liquor's hauntingly beautiful chord progression in full. This progression begins with a C minor, which is also the key signature of the song. C minor is dark, and when played on this atmospheric synth, it takes on a somber quality. This somberness is continuing with the next two chords in the progression. If we isolate just the bass note in each of these chords, we find that the progression is built on a descending line, as each note gets lower than the one that comes before it. Throughout music history, chord progressions built on descending or downward movement like this, especially at a slower tempo and in a minor key, are commonly used to evoke a sad or somber emotional quality. For example, here's Led Zeppelin's Baby I'm Gonna Leave You, a song about, well, leaving someone. 
key in on its descending bassline and overall somber quality. Like this Zeppelin track, Hold My Liquor utilizes the descending harmonic line to convey a dreary emotional state as Justin Vernon of Bon Iver enters the track singing about being dark and lonely. I can hold my liquor. This man can't handle Dark and lonely now. On Chicago south of town. I'm on the Indiana. As someone with a more vulnerable delivery and general reputation, Justin Vernon's lines come off as sunken and pained. I can't hold my liquor, but this man can't handle his weed. This opening couplet about drugs completes yet another link between sequential songs on the album. Recall that at the end of Black Skinhead, Kanye yelled God over and over, which then led to the next track, I Am A God. And then at the end of I Am A God, the song modulates to C minor, and we heard two descending lines on a synthesizer. This modulation and synth prepped us for the next track, New Slaves, which featured related descending synths. And then, as we heard earlier, New Slaves ends with Kanye and Frank Ocean singing about getting too high, which then leads us into these opening lines of Hold My Liquor we just heard. Aside from this connection, Vernon's lyrics, I can't hold my liquor, but this man can't handle his weed, are a little cryptic. Who is the man that can't handle his weed? Or is Vernon referring to himself drunkenly in the third person? Either way, Vernon is describing an individual that goes to a bleak place when taking drugs, and given that Yeezus got too high at the end of the previous song, we can speculate that he's commenting on and or representing Yeezus here. Vernon then reinforces the depressing atmosphere of his first two lines by describing his setting as dark and lonely now, on Chicago, south of town. I'm on to Indiana. I heard it in the radio now. Chicago is always relevant to Kanye, as it's the city he grew up in. This lays groundwork for the reflective quality of the song, which will center on a past relationship. The reference to Indiana is less obvious, as it could be referring to the state or to Indiana Avenue, a street in Chicago that stretches into the city's south side. If it's Indiana the state, then it shows Yeezus is off on a late-night journey, perhaps driving under the influence and attempting to escape the darkness and loneliness just spoke of. Reinforcing this cross-state trek is the detail that Radio Now is the pop music station for the state capital of Indianapolis, which gives meaning to Vernon's I Heard It on the Radio Now. On the other hand, if it's Indiana Avenue, which is indeed located in quote-unquote Chicago south of town, then it shows that Yeezus has entered one of the more dangerous parts of the city, a startling contrast to the celebrity he's enjoyed. This reading creates a perfect transition to Chief Keefe's part, as Keefe is a native of Southside Chicago. Keefe, at this point, was only 17 when he recorded this verse. With roots in Chicago just like Kanye, Keefe was instrumental in the drill movement, 
and played a huge part in bringing up trap music to the mainstream. Like Vernon, Keefe opens his section admitting, I can't handle no liquor. One of Keefe's biggest songs at the time was the track, Hate Being Sober, which features Wiz Khalifa and 50 Cent. On this track, Keefe is a self-admitted alcoholic who also experiments with other drugs. He, 50, and Khalifa channel an unapologetic masculine energy as they all rap about drinking and smoking at parties and sleeping with women. Keefe embraces his indulgent lifestyle, never once showing a hint of desiring something more meaningful or substantial than drugs, alcohol, or sex. Keefe brings that same intractability to hold my liquor. While his first line about not being able to hold his liquor is vulnerable, it's immediately followed by, but these bitches can't handle me, which is in contrast to Vernon's, this man can't handle his weed. It's as if Keefe could never admit something like this, and we can actually hear him blowing what we assume is weed smoke as he performs this section. This pattern of vulnerability followed by ego repeats in the next lines, I can't control my N-words, and my N-words, they can't control me. Every time a weakness is admitted, it's followed by a reassertion of arrogance. This has much larger implications for the behavior of the album's main character, behavior that will become more clear as we explore the rest of the lyrics. Keith's verse ends with, You say you know me, my N-word, but you really just know the old me. Within the context of the Yeezus character, this line is isolating. It shows the distance that's come between him and the people that were once close to him. It's also an indication that Yeezus isn't as one-dimensional as he seemed. At this point, we should be aware that we're about to witness a different side of Yeezus. With Chief Keefe being a native of the south side of Chicago and someone who's been in trouble with the law multiple times, there's a distinct difference in the public reputations of Justin Vernon and Keefe, a difference also readily apparent in their respective musical styles. Vernon is poetic and haunting. Keefe is vehement and dominant. Kanye has always used featured artists very strategically for the stories he tells on his albums. Vernon and Keefe represent two emotional energies of Yeezus that are at odds with one another. Essentially, Justin Vernon is the angel on one shoulder, while Chief Keefe is the devil on the other. For the remainder of the album, every guest feature represents either the angel or the devil energy. On Hold My Liquor, our hero is torn between who he was at the beginning, devilish and sinful, and who he wants to be, meaningful and redeemed. Throughout the song, he'll continue to alternate between Vernon and Keefe, Anytime he shows weakness, he must reassert his ego. Bitch, I'm back out my coma. Waking up on your sofa. When I park my Range Rover. Slightly scratch your Corolla. Okay, I smash your Corolla. I'm hanging on a hangover. Five years we've been over. Ask me why I came over. One more hit and I can own ya. Hold My Liquor's first verse finds Yeezus having dropped in on his ex-girlfriend. It's worth noting that this is the first time Yeezus has had a more detailed interaction with someone who isn't an imagined Jesus. On site is a blur of highlights at the club. Black Skinhead is late night ranting. I am a god is more ranting. And New Slaves was full of sound and fury but fell on deaf ears. Hold My Liquor is significant because we're able to gain perspective on Yeezus through the eyes of his ex and later, her aunt. If you listen to our season on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, then you know that a woman in a Kanye West song is never just a woman. Romantic relationships often serve as metaphors for Kanye's relationship with music, with the media, with society, and himself. The most well-known example of this technique is found in the song Runaway. Always find, yeah, always find something. 
With my beautiful dark twisted fantasy serving in part as a response to the VMAs, a line like, you've been putting up with my shit just way too long, speaks all too fittingly to Kanye's wavering history with the public. And by the end of the song, he reveals that he's scared of screwing up one too many times and losing his icon status. On Runaway, Kanye exhibits the Justin Vernon attitude. He's pleading, begging, hoping you'll stay with him. Yet at the same time, he knows himself and that he can easily screw everything up all over again, so you should just run away. This metaphorical use of romantic relationships occurs several times on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and each woman represents a different flaw in Kanye's psyche, slowly revealing why he's so lost in the world. For the rest of Yeezus, we'll see women play a similarly prominent role, each symbolizing another layer, another piece in the Yeezus puzzle. Each of these partnerships reveals something about his past and his very present imperfections. Hold My Liquor's verse starts with Yeezus waking up after his night of drinking, smoking, and driving. He says, Bitch, I'm back up my coma, waking up on your sofa. A dramatic way to begin, coma refers to how heavily asleep Yeezus was after blacking out from liquor and drugs the night before. He continues, When I park my Range Rover, slightly scratch your Corolla. Okay, I smashed your Corolla. As Yeezus puts together the pieces of the night he can't remember, we too can use this car reference to piece together what's happening narratively. Recall in the song's opening, Vernon described driving late at night under the influence. It appears that he, taking on the character of Yeezus, was driving to his ex's house, where he drunkenly smashes into her car upon arrival, clearly unable to handle his liquor. Given those opening lines, we might also speculate that this girl lives in Chicago and would therefore represent Yeezus driving back to his past, a form of introspection. The two types of cars mentioned show off the disparity in their wealth. She has a Corolla, a standard middle-class vehicle, while Yeezus has the over-the-top luxury SUV. Both his car and his exit from Chicago imply his celebrity, and given that the ex still lives in Chicago and drives a modest car, indicates they broke up before and because of his fame. The car crash also pays off on the reckless, 500 and out-of-control behavior he displayed during Black Skinhead, showing that Yeezus has finally had consequences to his actions. And it's not just himself that he hurts. Now someone else has fallen victim to his self-destructive behavior. The imagery of the ex's smash Corolla is emblematic of the state of their broken relationship. Fittingly, we jump from this image of the damaged cars to the history of Yeezus and this woman. He raps, I'm hanging on a hangover. Five years we've been over. The hangover, like most else so far, has multiple meanings. It obviously refers to Yeezus' current state as he's woken up hungover, but also refers to the relationship. Since it ended, he's been emotionally hungover, which is why he's back now. Yeezus here is channeling Justin Vernon. He's open, vulnerable, and exposed, which means he'll undoubtedly embrace his inner chief Keefe in the next lines. He says to the woman, Ask me why I came over. One more hit and I can own you. One more fuck and I can own you. Despite his more vulnerable longing, his language here reveals that he still isn't looking at this as a relationship. He doesn't want to be with this woman, which would be a vulnerable attitude. He instead wants to own her, which is the egotistical, misogynistic attitude. The term hit also refers to the slang commonly associated with drugs, like a hit from a joint or a hit of acid. Yeezus here would be like a hit of weed that she wouldn't be able to handle and would get the best of her. Going back to the song On Sight, we know that, quote, everybody want to live at the top of the mountain. And on New Slaves, Yeezus showed us that people will give up everything for luxury clothing. 
Jesus is now in a position to make this girl, through his wealth, his new slave. This is somewhat ironic, because in turn we see Kanye treating his former lover like a drug. She is his escape, that next hit he's craving after waking up hungover. He's pretending she needs him, but it's really him who needs her. All at once he's being both controlling and helpless, which once again captures that dichotomy between ego and vulnerability. As the verse continues, it transitions to the past tense, which probably means it's a memory from five years earlier when Jesus and this woman were together. One cold night in October, pussy had me floating, feel like deep October, pussy had me dead. Michael Tupac over, Yeezy's all on your Kanye raps, one cold night in October, pussy had me floating, feel like Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra is a self-help guru associated with transcendental meditation and has been a New York Times bestselling author. One of the myths of meditation is the idea that masters can float off the ground as they lose themselves in transcendence. It just so happens that Kim Kardashian was the one who steered Kanye to Chopra's writing. Uh, my, 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 my girl has sent me up with this meeting with uh, Deepak Chopra because at a certain point I was getting like kind of stressed about a bunch of things before I closed my deal with Adidas. And the next day, I was sitting with my girl in a bed. And I said, um, baby, you know what calms me down the most? Success. You can't meditate me out of my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you felt like you was trying to be sedated. Oh, you can't sedate me. <laughs> what calls me down is success. Deepak Chopra actually addressed his reference in Hold My Liquor a few months after the release of Yeezus. Interestingly, more than his own shout-out, he seemed most intrigued by the next line in the song, Pussy Had Me Dead, Might Call Tupac Over. I feel like Deepak Chopra. I think he's referring to Schrodinger's cat. You know about that, right? What is it? Scat? Schrodinger's cat. Shorty does scat? Schrodinger. He was a quantum physicist. Schrodinger? Oh, Schrodinger. You know, and he spoke about the cat being dead and alive, so that's his pussy. Deepak's focus isn't on the Tupac reference. Tupac is, of course, one of the most influential rappers of all time, but he was tragically gunned down in 1996. Jesus makes the joke that the sex with this girl was so good he died, and that's why he could, if he wanted to, hang out with Tupac. He's also cool enough to have Tupac's phone number, something that will prove ironic soon enough. But Deepak ignores the comedic Tupac hyperbole to focus on the phrase, pussy had me dead. Narratively, that phrase reveals Jesus isn't back because he loves this woman, he's back for the sex. But to Deepak, it has more philosophical connotation, relating to Erwin Schrodinger's famous thought experiment that attempted to humanize quantum physics. This idea, very simplified, is that if you put a perfectly healthy cat aka a pussy, into a box, then leave it there. It means that until you open the box again, you can't know for certain if the cat is alive or dead, meaning that the cat paradoxically exists as both alive and dead at the same time. This duality of being echoes the beginning of Hold My Liquor and the yin-yang energy of Justin Vernon and Chief Keef. We have then, in a way, Schrodinger's Jesus, a man caught between ego and vulnerability, simultaneously capable of breakthrough and self-destruction. Much like the answer of the cat relies on the opening of the box, what will we discover when our hero finally takes off the mask he's worn, revealing his true self? More on that right after the break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 
miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to Dissect. Before the break, we heard Kanye recount a sexual encounter with an ex. As the verse continues, Kanye switches tenses as he describes both the past and present in the same train of thought. Pussy had me dead. Might call Tupac over. Yeezy's all on your sofa. These the red Octobers. Still ain't learn me no manners. You love me when I ain't sober. You love me when I'm hungover. Kanye continues, Yeezy's all on your sofa. It's a clever way to phrase the line as it refers both to the past and to the present. Remember, this is a sexual encounter as a memory Yeezus is having after waking up at his exes. That's why the past tense is used. Pussy had me floating. Pussy had me dead. So the line, Yeezy's all on your sofa, could be part of that memory. In which case, it's probably a gross reference to the stained state of her couch after they had such intense sex. But Yeezy's all on your sofa works in the present tense as well. Here it refers to Yeezus having his shoes on that same sofa from the memory. That's why he follows by saying, these the Red Octobers, which are the crimson version of his Nike Air Yeezy 2 sneakers. The shoes on the couch also recalls on site and the lines, real n-word back in the house again, black Tim's all on your couch again. It's a reference to the unflattering image of Rick James from the Chappelle Show sketch, which portrays James as a contemptuous, arrogant buffoon. On On Sight, the comparison was empowering as Yeezus was hyperbolizing how much he doesn't give a fuck. But now it's literal. He's legitimately back in the house again and does have his shoes on the couch. It's disrespectful, which is why he announces, still ain't learned me no manners. Yeezus has effectively become a Dave Chappelle character of himself. We then transition to the verse's next vignette. You love me when I ain't sober. You love me when I'm hungover, even when I blow doja. These lines have a few possible and somewhat troubling connotations. It could be that he's trying to say this woman loves him unconditionally, which on the surface is kind of sweet. But clearly, Yeezus is somewhat destructive when he's under the influence, and he's clearly coming back for sex, not a relationship. So if this woman did love him unconditionally, like he says, it's incredibly sad the way he's treating her. Another interpretation is that Yeezus is delusional, that his ego tells him that this woman loves him when he's under the influence, but given his behavior, it's highly likely that she actually doesn't. But let's say she actually did love him most when he's fucked up. Even that scenario is problematic, as she'd just be encouraging his destruction. Either way we flip these lines, it's clear this relationship is severely flawed. And it's here in the final part of the verse that the woman's aunt enters the picture who will voice her opinion of Jesus and this unhealthy relationship. Even when I blow Doja, then the auntie came over. 
skinny bitch with no shoulders Telling you that I'm bogus Bitch, you don't even know us Baby girl, he's a loner Baby girl, he's a loner Late night organ donor After daddy disown ya After daddy's just hopeless Soulmates become soulless When it's over, it's over And bitch, I'm back out my coma the aunt surveys the scene and sees that her niece has taken Yeezus in for the night. She tells the niece, baby girl, he's a loner. Baby girl, he's a loner. Late night organ donor. Late night organ donor is a euphemism for sex. Right away, we have an accurate diagnosis by the auntie. Yeezus' lifestyle has left him a loner, bereft of love or friendship. All there is is the immediate satisfaction from sex and drugs. The aunt continues, after that, he disownia. This gives a second reading to the he's a loner lines, as loner could now be heard as L-O-A-N-E-R, like a rental. This double meaning is likely why Kanye says the line twice. Next, the aunt says, after that, he's just hopeless. Soulmates become soulless. Again, more wordplay here, as soulmate without soul is just mate, as in mating or sex. The aunt is predicting that after Jesus gets what he wants, he'll disown her or leave choosing his vices over a real relationship. So while they may have been soulmates at some point in their past, his actions rendered their bond hopeless. This is expressed more bluntly as she continues, when it's over, it's over. This final summation of their relationship beyond sex is followed abruptly by Yeezus interjecting one last time, and bitch, I'm back out my coma. While the line of course calls back to the first line of the verse, it's not entirely clear what he means here. Perhaps he's woken up from the emotional and vulnerable place he'd been in that caused him to seek out his ex. In this way, he would begin the verse as Justin Vernon, but end as Chief Keefe. It would also mean he's ready to leave, over the spell of weed and liquor that so disarmed him. This would only confirm the aunt's diagnosis of Jesus. Another reading could be that Jesus is addressing the auntie directly, no longer willing to sit in coma-like silence taking her insults. He's going to yell and scream, tear shit up. This reading would make sense given what happens next in the song. At the end of Kanye's verse, the track explodes with new production elements added to the mix, including a vocal sample and drums. This is the moment the song had been building to for the first 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Recall that the song began with just an airy synth and a light pulsing kick drum. Then when Kanye's verse began, we got two additional elements, a grainy pulsating synth and sharp high-pitched stabs punctuating each of Kanye's lines. This slow build then crescendos into the part we just heard following Kanye's verse. Entering the track is a sample of Arca's 2013 track, Feminine. portion of this track is chopped and looped to fit into Hold My Liquor. They also created two layers of the same sample, one pitched down one semitone and the other pitched down three semitones, 
The two copies are played simultaneously to create a harmony. Over the sample, Justin Vernon sings, Calling up your uncle's place. Shit's all over the place. I don't hear your phone. Oh, I want a phone home. The scene Vernon describes is Jesus abandoned. It would seem some time has passed and the girl is gone. It's likely she left with her aunt, which is why he's specifically calling the uncle's place, then her phone. Either way, he's not receiving an answer. Not hearing her phone confirms she's left. We can assume the home is trashed either because she packed up and left hurriedly, or it's a byproduct of Jesus' drunken appearance. That is, his damage didn't end at smashing her car, and after the auntie's berating lecture, he tore the house up in rage. Shits all over the place could also be a clever comment on the state of his life, that he doesn't have his shit together. The final line, I want to phone home, is regressive and innocent, something a lost child would say. It's an allusion to the movie E.T., The Extraterrestrial, where an alien stranded on Earth is befriended and helped by a kid. E.T.'s famous quote is, E.T., phone home, as he needs to contact his people to arrange for a rescue mission. On Hold My Liquor, the line captures how out of sorts Jesus feels in this moment, terribly far from his comfort zone and wanting to retreat back to the familiar world of his past where he felt safe and comforted. The heartbreaking aspect to that desire to phone home is that Connie's mother passed away in 2007. Donda was Connie's best friend and her sudden death left Kanye wayward. So this reference to quote-unquote home is potentially a reference to needing the kind of familial support that's impossibly beyond reach, just like the alien in the movie. Following Justin Vernon's moment of vulnerability, Chief Keefe comes back on the track to repeat his section, which keeps the dichotomy of both Vernon and Keefe showcased equally. This repetition then gives way to Vernon again, who sings about a series of rumors. Vernon sings, I heard you need a new fad. I heard you need a new stack. I heard you need a new phone. I know your rents ain't be home. A fad can refer to trends in fashion, like a certain type of purse becoming popular. A stack is slang for $1,000 or a large sum of cash. New phones are expensive. Added up, we're witnessing a transaction, or at least a relationship Jesus views as a transaction. The line, I know your rents or parents ain't be home implies that the girl is unable to support herself and lives with her parents, but the fact that they aren't home could be a way of saying that she has no one left to take care of her, which is why she falls prey to a drunken Jesus. We could read this passage as Jesus trying to bribe his ex, where a new fad, a new stack, and a new phone would be a transactional exchange for sex, or a kind of apology after his behavior. Either way, it's clear that the aunt's proclamation of soullessness has come true, as these connections are hollow. They're about commerce rather than affection. The last lyrics of the song belong to Vernon, who repeats the lonely scene of Jesus, isolated in a wrecked apartment, trying to reach the girl who has abandoned him, longing, like a child, to phone his own mother for help.
one of the more transcendent moments of the entire album, Mike Dean enters to play a monumental guitar solo. The solo itself doesn't shine in its complexity or its showcase of virtuosic guitar playing abilities, though Dean definitely has the chops to do that if he wanted. Here's the guitar solo played on a basic distorted guitar. It's nice, but technically speaking, nothing too crazy. The real magic comes with the effects Dean chained to his guitar. He used what's called a harmony generator to automatically add three additional computer-generated notes on top of whatever note he was playing on guitar. One note is three notes higher than the original, one is five notes higher than the original, and one is 12 notes higher. And so when Dean plays this on his guitar, it becomes this. There's some echo added to this guitar as well, which creates overlap between the notes, adding even more texture and depth to the solo. The overall effect is one of haunting and grandiose melancholy, as we peel back the layers of our larger-than-life protagonist, Yeezus, and expose the damaged heart behind his gold-plated armor. Conclusions. At the beginning of the album, while in God mode at the club, Jesus was able to inflate his ego, to ignore his problems, to pretend that his temporary sexual flings are fulfilling. But after stepping into this new territory, Jesus finds himself stripped of his ironic shield and forced to confront past events that started him down a dark path. This is typical during the fifth stage of the hero's journey, the road of trials. Now completely free from the ordinary world, it's at this stage we begin to see the true nature of our hero. The road of trials takes a drunken Yeezus to a former lover's home, which comes off as a desperate act in and of itself. After crashing his car in her driveway and having his way sexually, he wakes up the next morning on her sofa and then recalls the relationship from five years earlier. The woman's aunt then suddenly enters the picture and tears Yeezus down. While Yeezus embodies power and masculinity, wearing this mask as a defense mechanism, the aunt sees right through his veil. She knows Yeezus' bad news and cautions her niece to not fall into his traps. During this section, we see Yeezus translating for the aunt, referring to himself as a hopeless loner. Thus, Yeezus wavers between vulnerable and egotistical. His words are all bravado, and yet his actions reveal a man desperate and lonesome. Kanye captures this dichotomous energy further by employing both Justin Vernon, who represents vulnerability, and Chief Keefe, who represents ego. As the album carries on and we head further down the road of trials, this struggle between these two energies will continue to come to the fore, as Yeezus continues to pursue women as a means of fueling his ego via sex and domination, 
but at the same time, revealing the vulnerabilities and deep wounds that create this mask of bravado. Damn, your lips very soft. As I turn my Blackberry off. Of course, this is the album's next track, I'm In It, a song we'll dissect note by note, line by line, next time on Dissect. Today's episode was written by Travis Bean, Chris Lambert, and me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about the new season or share on social media. It really helps. Theme music by Bureaucratic. Audio editing by Eric Bass and me. Song recreations by Andrew Atwood. Be sure to follow us on social media at Dissect Podcast. Check out our limited season eight merchandise on our website, dissectpodcast.com. If you want even more episodes on Kanye, listen to season two of this podcast a 16-episode analysis of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Okay, I think that's everything. Talk to you next time. Bye.